Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me as always, ladies and gentlemen, Sammy Davis Jr. was a close personal friend of his. Who is he? He's the captain. It's just impossible to put this piano up my nose. It's just impossible. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Tonight we are drinking Circuit Bohemian Pilsner by the wonderful, wonderful people at Tin Man Brewing Company in Indiana Garage Grade, three and a half bottle caps out of five. Circuit Bohemian Pilsner sends a thrilling buzz to your senses with bright color, clarity, and energizing flavor. And this fantastic Pilsner was brought to us by, first up, we have John in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and Amy and Cody, Wyoming. And Jenny from the block in Chicago wants to give a shout out to her BFF, Bill. This next one here says, here's a beer just for the hot, hot captain, all the way from Moon Daughter in Wales. Well, we like your jib. Next up, we have Casey in Atlanta. We also have Nicole in Atlanta. ATL. And a big we like your jib to shoot her down in Texas with the six-pack of the PBR. We also have Star in Green Lake, Wisconsin, You know, Captain, last week I was reading an article in the USA Today, Mm -hmm. and it said, out of the 20 drunkest cities in the great U.S. of A., the great state of Wisconsin has nine, nine out of the top 20 drunkest cities in the country. So, All right. Everybody in parts unknown, step up your drinking game. Wisconsin is beating the pants off of us. (laughs) Next up in Indianapolis, we have Nicholas, who says, cheers to Nick and the Captain. Also in Indianapolis, we have Jamie, who Are says... Are you sending beer money to yourself? <laughs> That's what's going on, yeah. Uh, we also have Jamie in Indianapolis, who says that she's a garage groupie for life. Hey, hey, girl. And also in Indiana, we have Jason. Jason is a manager at a diner, and he says he often wonders how many of his third shift patrons are murderers. <laughs> well, I, I hope not many of them. 
You silly bastard. It's time for Jason to get out of the old restaurant biz, I think. And we really appreciate everybody that's donating to the beer fund. You can do so at truecrimegarage.com. Click on the donate banner. Uh, But we can't do 100 shout-outs every week. So be patient. Thank you. And if you haven't been to truecrimegarage.com in a while, make sure you go there and check it out. Click on the store page because we have True Crime Garage beer glasses. Yeah, pint glasses. Nick designed them. And for those of you that have been following me on Untapped, they're the ones that you've seen on my pictures that I've been posting there. Mm, you post pictures somewhere? Mm-hmm. We also have shirts coming out, right, Captain? Yeah, the we have a... resurgence of a couple of shirts. Well, we have a logo purple V-neck for the ladies, and then we have this like kind of like a dark blue-gray logo crew shirt for the, for the guys, and those will be available this week, so check those out at True Crime Garage. All right, that's enough of the business. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Autopsies confirmed identities, but how these children were killed, the circumstances surrounding their death, police aren't talking about that. They say they don't want to say anything that could jeopardize this double homicide investigation. For the second day, local, state, and federal investigators scoured over the crime scene. Early afternoon, divers joined the search for clues that could lead detectives to the girl's killer. The autopsies confirmed what everyone, including the teen's families, suspected and feared. I think they were in pretty much belief that it was their, their children. Um, but when you hear it from an official, it, it's, it's still a little just, still it hits home twice. One of the hundreds of volunteer searchers found the bodies of Libby German and Abby Williams in a wooded area near Deer Creek. It is an area accessible only by foot or on horse well off the popular trails the 13-year-olds were hiking. Dozens of police are now checking hundreds of leads. We are using resources from uh, all the way from Lowell, Fort Wayne, and uh, the southern state or the southern part of the state's uh, police state troopers. We will stay on the job until it is done. Police say they have no suspects or persons of interest. They're asking anyone who was in the hiking area who saw something or heard something or took any pictures, contact them. Should people in this community be concerned about someone running around targeting kids? My response is is no. I feel safe for this community. Libby and Abby, teens teachers describe as happy and go lucky, attended Delphi's middle school. Crisis teams were ready for students and teachers when they arrived at all the district schools. They're just asking those questions right now of, oh my gosh, it hit me. And somebody's there for them. The double homicide has prompted one of the largest investigations some officers say they've ever been part of. As far as I'm concerned, yes, there is somebody out there that did this horrendous crime, and uh, we're going to track them down. Also, police say there is someone out there who probably saw something, was on the trails, was driving that part of the country just east of Delphi. They may have seen someone. They may have seen a car that perhaps looked out of place, and that's why police want that person to call them. Back to you.
The homicides of two Delphi teenagers, Liberty German and Abigail Williams, has shocked the community of Carroll County and left them on edge as police search for killers or the killer of both. We went through a general timeline of the investigation yesterday, but today what we're going to focus on is rumors, speculation, and theories revolving this investigation because we have this situation here, Captain, where we're not being told a whole lot of information. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, what's going on right now is we have a manhunt. We're in the middle of a manhunt. This is public enemy number one, in my opinion. This is who everybody should be looking for. This is a very, very bad person that we are looking for. One, to be very clear, so everything that we're going to be talking about is it's all speculative. Mm -hmm. And so... Take it all with a grain of salt, but it's something that you have to look at with this case being, you know, open. There's really no suspects uh, in custody. Mm-hmm. There's nobody charged with this crime. So everything that we're going to be talking about from here on out is uh, speculation. So if that's not your thing, and you know. And a lot of the else. information that we will provide today is coming from several different sources. It's it's from rumors around the investigation, possible leaks from law enforcement or leaks from reporters. Sometimes reporters see some things that they're asked not to speak about, as well as searchers, uh, volunteer searchers that were involved in this case. Mm-hmm. We also have some information from some bloggers, YouTubers, and just kind of collecting everything that's out there to kind of get a a sense of what is actually going on in this investigation. Now, regarding the investigation itself, of course, autopsies were conducted, but a cause of death has not been stated in the case of either girl. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to talk about our suspect for a minute. And, you know, if you hear me say bridge guy, obviously I'm referring to the man in in the photograph released by police of the guy on the bridge. So yesterday I failed to mention the possibility of a gun involved in this case. When you look at the two pictures of the bridge guy in one of the pictures, there appears to be a gun on his person. You can see an outline of a gun. Um, you know, I've heard other people speculate that the suspect definitely has a pistol. What Mm -hmm. I see, what I see is the outline of a gun. It, It appears to be a pistol that is holstered on his right side uh, the gun pointing backward on his right side, which would mean, which would imply he's possibly left-handed. Uh, the outline of the pistol, in my opinion, can be clearly seen in one of the photos that was released of the bridge man. If the gun is on his right side, why does, why does that mean he's left-handed? Well, because the, the handle would be facing his left, meaning that he would draw it kind of like a sword. You know, okay. you, you typically would draw a sword from your opposite side. Well, you know, living in Columbus, Ohio, I don't have to draw a sword too often. Uh, so that brings us to our first question. How were the girls killed? Mm-hmm. And it's thought that they were either strangled uh, or that possibly the throats may have been cut. According to rumors coming from persons who attended the memorial services for the girls, they both had scarves around their neck. So this would point to both of those causes of death being likely. As for the state of the bodies when found, well, I guess someone posted pictures uh, on a website. Mm -hmm. And this the photos were quickly taken down, but a number of people saw these photos before they were taken down. Some yeah, of these I people haven't. being people from Delphi. Yeah, I haven't actually seen these photos myself. I have not either, uh, but I've I've heard secondhand reports of what was seen in these photos. Now, from what I've heard, the photo showed the two dead girls and the coroner. Uh, okay. The person who posted the photo had some text 
saying that the bodies were positioned in an odd way. This has led to the rumor or theory that the, that the way that the girls were left is some kind of ritual or maybe even something satanic, right? Satanic panic. Yeah. This, this is a possibility, uh, you know, just, but, but also just the killer posing the bodies, serial killers like doing this. They often pose the victim Mm -hmm. knowing that they will be found. They will pose them in a manner for maximum shock value or to further degrade the victim even after death. Well, and the girls were found by firefighters, correct? Firefighters and volunteer searchers. Right. And so the rumor was that when the firefighters found them, that the, at least one of the girls' throats were slit so badly that it was almost uh, de- decapitation. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it probably would lean towards the throat slitting uh, because of the scarfs. Um, I, I don't know the specifics of it, and I'm not going to pretend mm-hmm. to, but I would think if it was strangulation that there could be makeup or something less obvious uh, mm-hmm. on on the bodies at the, at the services. The thing here is, though, we also have a, a rumor that has persisted for quite some time. Uh, this was even before the case uh, was released to the media. Uh, these early rumors coming from family members that Abby survived until the next day. This would be February 14th. There were different rumors. Um, some of those including that she was found alive but died on the way to the hospital or that the coroner said that she had survived the attack but died of hypothermia in the woods and that her body might have still been warm when found. Now, there's information out there that she may have survived the attack and tried to crawl a ways away and then passed away. Uh, if this is true, of course, you know we don't know how long she would have survived for after the attack. But to me, it might lean more towards strangulation, you know, because we have seen several cases that we've covered on this show where somebody will attempt to choke someone and they, they think that they've completed mm-hmm. um, the murder and, and in fact have not. Well, again, because the lack of evidence or the not the lack of evidence, but the lack of uh, evidence that they're releasing to the public, it's really hard to understand what the motive is because we don't uh, we don't know if these um, two girls were sexually assaulted or not. Yeah, and I think that it would be easily assumed that this might be a sexually motivated crime or sexually motivated murders. Um, you know, but we can't always assume that in these cases. the The very first rumors from the family members said that both girls had been raped. Uh, the The other rumor was that only one was attacked this way. There is a new rumor that says that neither girl was raped. And what we are seeing with this rumor instead is that both girls would have been, could have been sexually mutilated in some way, which of course this is definitely got to be much worse than, than the actual sexual attack itself. Right. But that would lead to the satanic panic. Possibly, possibly, or just an extremely violent offender. Um, I don't know which of these is a more accurate statement. I do, however, believe that we are dealing with a very bad man and an an evil person who easily could have been motivated by any and maybe all of the above. Now, yeah, I can't back this with uh, like some source. So, again, a bunch of speculation. But um, a friend of mine that has dove into this case uh, quite a bit uh, was telling me that in this area, yeah, it's a small town. 
and 3,000 individuals or so, but one in 60 individuals are sexual offenders in this area. A, a registered sexual Se- offender. Right. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if they were raped or, or one or the other, um, you know, but you would hope if that were the case that we would have some form of DNA that could connect to this guy. Um, if, if they were just absu- assaulted with an object, then we might not be dealing with DNA. Uh, if not, then what would be the other possible motives? Well, then you would think that somebody was specifically targeting one or both of these girls for some kind of uh, horrible purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there's a rumor out there that's, that's catching legs. And the thing here is I, I almost hesitate to say this because it seems a little far-fetched to me. But, I, but because that's what we're doing here today, I think we should report on it. There, there's a rumor that possibly Abby uh, was pregnant, uh, that victim Abigail Williams, age 13, was pregnant at the time of the attack. Now, I've seen... We've all seen the pictures of her on the bridge. She doesn't appear to be pregnant. She could be in the very early stages. However, um, I do want to point out that the way that this rumor goes is that somebody related to the boyfriend wanted to put an end to this pregnancy and possibly wanted to talk her into an abortion or maybe even, and I cringe when I say this, even perform some kind of back alley surgery himself. Now this obviously, if we're looking at a suspect that is the man on the bridge, then this would be somebody much older than Abby's boyfriend. And you know, his name has been reported. He's, I guess he's a 16 year old boy. Um, but so this would, the thought would be, it would be a, a father or an uncle or a grandfather, somebody related to this boy, the problem. And we're calling him boy because we're not going to release this individual's names because again it's just rumors no because in more more than likely in my opinion he's probably a victim <laughs> because he lost his girlfriend he lost friends close to him so it's it's not necessary to state his name the thing here is though captain you would think that if this theory mm-hmm. if it if it really if it was if it was a hard concrete theory that that, that had some ground you would think that your suspect pool shrinks immediately. You know, right. we, we would be looking at a small group of people and we have the picture of the guy. We have the audio. Now, mind you, the picture is not clear. The audio is not super clear. However, I think right, if you're only we, looking at three or four people, you could pick one amongst those that best look like this guy. Right. Uh, I agree with you. And, and also, yeah, those aren't clear, but we also don't know what else they have. I mean, do they have six minutes of video, do they have 40 minutes of audio? Uh, basically, based off the interview from the sheriff, is you don't want to hear this audio that they have, mm-hmm. which you know leads me to believe that this is an audio recording of the actual murders. Yeah, that, that some or all of the attack took place on the video or audio. The thing here is too, Captain, but you would think if it was somebody that knew either of the girls or both of the girls, mm-hmm. If they didn't know they were being recorded, they would probably, they might even refer to them by name, which would be somewhat of a lead, I would think. Uh, you know, right. how how would a stranger just know their names unless he makes them tell them? Or, you yeah, know. Yeah, which you might not actually have that part on audio, you know, 
there there might not be footage of the guy asking their names. And I don't know the dynamics of this young man's family, of the mm-hmm. boyfriend's family, but I know with my circle of friends, I've I have had friends that I've been around for 15, 20 years. I might know their parents, but I don't know their grandparents or their uncles. Uh, what I'm getting at here is the reverse of mm-hmm. if the suspect knew the victim's names, if it was somebody somewhat close to their circle, there's a chance the victims could have known his name. And obviously, if if they heard a first name on there, that again, suspect pool much smaller, we still have nobody arrested. So I don't think that's for me why this theory doesn't hold a lot of weight. And what's your take on this idea that the girls were actually moved? Like that they were... Um, so basically the rumor is that the search team searched that area mm-hmm. and there's a lot of claims that, well, we searched that area on the Monday and they weren't there so that they were either somewhere else. The crime scene maybe took place somewhere else and they were just dumped in that, that spot or that the crime scene actually took place in that spot and was moved and then they were taken back. Well, the thing here is like you said, there's been th- these rumors st- stemming from the search party and uh-huh. member. A lot of these people are adamant that they searched that very area on the 13th and then they're found there on the 14th. Right. When you and I were talking about this, you brought up a very good point. This is February. The search wouldn't Normally have started until five 30 or so. Right. And it's very possibly that it could be dark by the time they started that search. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to say that they didn't try their hardest or their darndest. Um, I believe that they did. If they say they searched that area and they think that it was super thorough, I'm going to go with that. I could also be talked into believing that they might, (laughs) that they might've missed it because it was dark. I could be talked into it. Uh, It was dark. Yeah. I look, I think people sometimes are mistaken. We see that time and time again with eyewitnesses, you know, uh, I, I don't believe, and look again, they're holding back so much evidence. I don't know if there's any evidence that they were moved. Well, the thing here is, and I'll point to a bit of a theory that I have. Um, I think lay it on me, Colonel. I think that this is possibly a sexually motivated crime, sexually mm-hmm. motivated murders. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, I believe that this maniac, whatever he was trying to achieve, whatever, Whatever he wanted to do, he would need a little bit of privacy and he would want a little bit of time and that they would have been taken to a nearby structure. I don't I don't really see a situation where somebody, you know, put them in a vehicle and drove them far away just to return them later. That seems too unlikely. It seems too too much of for this guy to get caught. Um, So I think that if he would have taken them to a nearby structure that that would have provided him with both a little bit of privacy and a little bit of time. Now it did look like at some point in this investigation that law enforcement was working with that idea. Um, they, they might've been removed and then later returned and dumped at this site. Mm-hmm. So this would mean that they would have had to have been returned after two thirty AM when all of the searchers left and most likely before daylight the next day, sun up would have been around 7 AM. Right. So the killer returned the girls, according to my theory, to the forest where near where they were abducted somehow. If he if he had somewhere close to take them, this might not have been very difficult for him to do. Well, and there were some roads that were leading that way because I guess there's some roads through the cemetery that's close that you could take 
that would help you get back to the area where the bodies were found. Now, one place that police were searching. Now, this is a structure. It's a, it's, I'll call it a barn because that's what it looks like to me. But it's been referred to in newspaper articles as a structure. This is a barn with, with three. True crime structure. With our, three big openings. Okay. And I believe that it's located across the street from Ron Logan's property. Remember we discussed Ron Logan yesterday. His mm-hmm. property kind of meets up with the area that the girls were hiking. Right. Now, the distance from this barn uh, to the beginning of the trail where where they would have been uh, replaced uh, is approximately about 200 yards. Is That's what it's been re- reported. Okay, at. so two football fields. Yes. This could be where he took where he took them mm-hmm. uh, to this barn. The, now, what I've heard about this barn is that a person there would have had a perfect view of the area. Uh, he would be able to determine when the searches had stopped. So he possibly knew when the searches stopped at 2.30 a.m. He then returned them sometime between 2.30 and 7 a.m. that morning. There is photos of police with dogs searching this barn, the barn that I just described. This was reported, but the media reports got it wrong. This is where they stated that they were searching Ron Logan's property again, searching his land. And in fact, it was land across the street, this belonging to the Mears family, uh, which is, like I said, just across the street. But the thing here is, regarding the structure, uh, it's about 50... I think it's 50 yards off of the road. So the way that it's been reported to me is that if you were standing at the road, you would not be able to see very far into this barn. You would only be able to see a couple feet into it. Now, mind you, on top of that, between 5.30 p.m. and 2.30 a.m., it's going to be very dark. Mm -hmm. I've heard that it's so dark inside this barn that you could have placed a vehicle in there during daylight hours and the vehicle itself not be able to be seen. Well, and so the, the, the theory that they were moved kind of lends themselves. A lot of people then say, well, if they were moved because these searchers claim that they searched this area and there weren't there, which again, I think it could just be a simple mistake that therefore there's multiple killers. Because this is a 13 or 14 year old uh, teenage girl and they would to be able to physically move them, which I would argue, you know, this is a rural area that maybe there's an ATV or something like that, or you can put somebody in a truck or something like that. But uh, I'm going to go back with the, let's just address this killer or killers. The reason why I lean towards a single person is one, we got a picture of a single person. Right. And they claim that that's a suspect. This is a guy that we need to talk to. Also, the interview with the sheriff, uh, when he's answering, he keeps answering as killer and then almost dismiss, dismisses the multi, you know, multiple person theory. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to listen to it to get the vibe, but that's the vibe I got. And so I think if, if the sheriff is saying, hey, Ann, again, it's, it's the six minutes of video or 40 minutes of audio that he knows that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so to me, with all his knowledge and with all that they're holding to the vest, he's pointing towards one individual. And I think I've, I, you know, I've seen footage of, of different interviews with him. And I think at least twice I've seen him uh, 
try and like almost catch himself and then say, right. or killers, you know, right. there's a long pause and then he goes, or killers. Right. And I think a lot of that has to come down to, they need people to come forward. They need, they still need tips. You know, we're sitting here talking about this case and we're talking about speculation. They're still wait 10,000 tips. They're still waiting on the tip that's going to close this case and bring this madman to justice. Well, there's a couple things. One, it's a, it's like a back and forth thing. First of all, with law enforcement, I, I applaud you that you want to hold it everything close to the chest so that you can get a conviction of this animal. Oh, damn it. God, stop calling him animal. Monster, right? Yep. Of this monster, sick individual. This guy's a piece of shit, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what we do know. This is a 13 and 14-year-old girl. You are a piece of shit, man. And But... Law enforcement, I understand. You want to keep it keep it close to the chest so that maybe you can get a conviction. But I think what law enforcement needs to understand that the armchair detective community, web sleuth community, if this guy is a traveler, you have strength in numbers. And there is mm-hmm. a lot of smart, I mean, just doing this show for, what, 110 episodes, the amount of individuals that we have met that know so much about this stuff well and to further touch upon the point whether they were moved or not there there's an additional rumor and this is uh might be stemming from the searchers as well the rumor is that the searchers followed drag marks presumably left by the girls to the site um now this would mean that if if the person used the barn and they they did drag the girls off that trail to leave them Um, we're looking at a situation where the killer drove down the road. This would be the road from the barn to the cemetery and then drove past the cemetery, then through the Southeast gate. This would have put him on Ron Logan's land for a very small bit of time. He would have to kind of cross over his land and then went to the trail where he dragged the bodies. Now it's not inconceivable because if he did, in fact, have a gun, if that outline that we see that, that appears to be a gun, he might have been able to control them if he was well planned or well equipped. We talked mm-hmm. about a fanny pack or a deer kit. There's a chance he might have had zip ties or something to gain control and could have put them in a vehicle and quickly transported them to that structure that we just discussed. Well, I'm getting pretty fired up. Let's get right back to this after a quick beer break. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, 
Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. The other question that we have now, Captain, is was DNA recovered mm-hmm. from the crime scene? Uh, which there has been conflicting information about the DNA collected at the crime scene. Some reports there there was no DNA. Other reports stating there is DNA, but there is no match to any known person. Another says that the DNA that came back is that of Ivan Bromberg. Uh, This is a man that was involved in the search, and he is one of the people that found the bodies. However, in this situation, it would simply just be weak touch DNA um, that was found. Yeah, yeah, possible. But, you know, interesting thing. uh, I have a friend that's kind of spiritual. I don't want to get into it too much. Uh, Has feelings, um, if that makes any sense. Nope. Nope. she just gets feelings or vibes about oh, okay. certain things. Okay. And one of the things as she was researching this case, and she's researched this case a lot, she believes the individual that is responsible for this crime was there. Was involved in the search? Yeah. The and, following day? And which would make a lot of sense when you think, well, maybe the day of and the day the next day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which would make some sense. You, we're talking about a very small community. Of 3,000. That's pretty small. Mm -hmm. So. Well, feeling or not that, you know, that doesn't really matter. The thing here is, mm -hmm. you know, usually the person that finds a body is usually considered a suspect. That's one of the first people that police want to talk to. You know, they're kind of lumped into that group of people with like family members and people close to the victim. Mm -hmm. They're, they're put right in that center circle of the investigation right from the get-go you have a different situation here because multiple people found these bodies and in the situations i'm talking about it would be where one person stumbles upon right, a dead right, body right, right. this situation though i do want to be very clear about this so because we we used we stated his name mm-hmm. i want to be very clear that that this mr bromberg um, has not been listed as a suspect. It, well, first the, of all, and second of all, he has stated that when they found the bodies, they there were other people there that right. he did touch the bodies when they were found. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Number one, don't touch the bodies. That's the rule. Second, uh, unless they're not, uh, unless it's not obvious that you know, if when you're searching, it's it, typically it's search and rescue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you don't know that you're looking for a dead person at that point. And, and don't touch the bodies. Okay. I can agree with that. But what I'm stating is that I think that it's natural for some people. I'm coming to Mr. Bromberg's defense here. Is that No, I'm not. Don't touch the bodies. It, it, in some situations, you, you think that there's still chance at hope. There's still chance at life. And you, you go to search and rescue. Yeah, don't touch the bodies. Um, anyways, but that's what makes me believe that this there was a sexual assault 
because we have DNA of this guy finding them. But yeah, there was other individuals around, but we have DNA of this individual on the victims. According to rumors. Right. But we're going to dismiss that anyways, because there was a sexual assault. That's my gut feeling there. That's your, that's your opinion. Yes. But kind of just, you know, to, to clear this up because the options are, was there DNA? There wasn't any DNA. Uh, well, mm-hmm. one thing we can go ahead and check off our list is that if there was DNA found at the scene, it doesn't match any known person to them because, yeah. uh, you know, th- they would have arrested this person by now. We would, we would be aware with the way that the eyes are on this case and the rumors coming out. I think, I think oh, we would have been aware. Colonel, don't be so naive here. Right. So as far as registered sex offenders in the United States, right. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm going to give broad numbers. Now, a lot of this is coming from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. But registered sex offenders, you're looking at about 750,000. Okay. Out of those 750,000, now, a big point that you brought up, and I'm not even clear on the answer, is are certain sex, uh, are certain sex offenders, do they have to register their DNA? And I think that holds true in some states and in some areas. I don't know that it holds true for all areas. Right. But the, that what I'm saying is if they do have DNA, that doesn't mean that it necessarily doesn't match somebody. Now, I would I would favor the idea that if it did match somebody that and here's where I'm going with this. Okay. Out of the 700, you, you want to get freaked out right now? You want to go run and find your kids and lock them up? Because you know how many of those 750,000, which is up almost 150,000 from 10 years ago, you know how many of those people are missing? I do not. Anywhere from, the well, they say zero to over 100,000. That's a wow. lot of missing sex offenders. And... So, but, but I get, but the point is, is if they did have DNA and if it did match somebody, you're saying even they if might that not be they able were, to find the person, right? But even if they're missing, you would, you would think that they would come out and say, well, here's the guy's uh, photo. And here's this his is, last known address. Here's his last known license plate. You know, everything we know about the guy, this is the dude. Right. But possibly not. I think I swallowed a bug. The next thing on our list here, captain is. Was evidence destroyed or what evidence was found at the Destroyed by the uh, the attacker, by the murderer? Yeah, or or discarded in another place other than where the bodies were found. Well, let's talk about the obvious one, the phone. Right. There's been a big, huge question about the phone. Well, my personal feelings are my... My personal feelings. What is this, like therapy? Um, My thoughts on this are are pretty simple. I think the individual probably took the phone with them, probably threw the phone in a, a river or wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the law enforcement got a break and solving this case got a break with the technology of the cloud. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right because the other theory would be that if the phone in fact was not recovered, that if the killer didn't do something with the phone, then Liberty would have got rid of the phone to try to hide her recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think that, you know, I understand that we're searching the woods here, but I think that it would have been found had she dropped it somewhere on purpose or wow, that's a big area or threw it somewhere on purpose. 
I think if it's not been recovered, you're looking at a situation where the killer did something with the actual phone. Now, there was also a rumor that boot prints were found at the scene. Of course, this would make sense. You know, the the bridge guy that we see, he appears to be wearing some type of, you know, of course he's wearing shoes, but they might be outdoor boots or Mm -hmm. some form of boots. Um, And law enforcement had some boots in an evidence bag just a few days after the killings. Now, they said that the boots had nothing to do with the crime. I personally doubt that this is true. But they say that a lot. Right. What I would have to guess probably happened is that they did, you know, they wouldn't have recovered. I don't expect them to recover boots from the crime scene. That would make little to no sense. It's more likely that law enforcement matched the boot prints that were found at the crime scene to a specific type and size of boot, and they went out and acquired that exact type and size of boot. Well, and there's some rumors about the girl's clothes as well. Yeah, the rumor from reporters at the scene indicate that the girl's clothing was found in the creek. This, to me, would make a lot of sense, especially if this is a sexually motivated crime. This guy is horrible enough. He's not going to bother to clothe them afterward. And second of all, he's probably wanting to get rid of DNA the best that he can with we don't know how much time he had to do that. But the thing is, the bodies were found, according to the press conference, the bodies were found near water. I, I almost wonder if they were found in the water, if one of them was found in the water, because they would have been near the creek. If you look at a, a map of where the bodies were found, they put the dot basically right on what appears to be the creek itself. Mm-hmm. Now, if they, regardless if they were found in the water or out of it, they were found near And therefore, it would have been very easy for the killer to then throw the clothing in the water. Well, it also makes sense with the rumor of the hypothermia. One girl surviving the actual attack but dying from hypothermia. If Mm -hmm. they were in water, yeah, it it was February, but it was abnormally warm. But when you, you know, if you were in the water and then out of the water attacked, hypothermia would probably more likely set in than I would assume. Well, I think it's time to address the elephant in the room here, Captain. Yeah, or because, the old guy in the room. Yeah. Or the uh, old guy on his property. Or the old guy in prison. Well, I yeah. I think it's the yeah. more accurate yeah. statement. So we have Ron Logan. Mm-hmm. He's been, he's been, and I, I would say in the public eye, it appears to me from, from what I'm reading, from what I'm seeing, that it's generally thought that he should be the prime suspect in this case. So I think we should look at him From two different angles. We should look at why, you know, is he an actual suspect or is he covering for somebody or did he just have the bad luck of the bodies being placed on his land? Okay. Let's make it simpler though. Why, why would he be a suspect and why he wouldn't? So let's start with why he would. And I was talking to a, a great armchair detective. Eventually this guy will write books that, and you'll read them and you'll be fascinated with this this individual, I call him the coach talking to the coach. He was saying the thing about Ron Logan, and we just like to call him Logan thing about Logan that makes it's the a to B answer where the, where are the girls found on Logan's property? Right. Um, now, and then we have a shaky alibi, Mm -hmm. right? He states, well, I went to pick up some exotic fish. I went to the dump, uh, and he was supposedly, seen day drinking at some restaurant. Right. So 
his alibi is a little shaky, but I think that some of that probably does check out. Uh, well, well, what the other thing too, where the public has is got him targeted, is that you have people stating that he looks like the photograph of the bridge guy, that uh-huh. he sounds like the audio that they recovered from the phone. Now, the thing here is. You and I looked at both because Ron Logan, you can, if you Google or do any type of search at all, you can find him very quickly. He, mm-hmm. he talked to several reporters. It shows him walking the property with the reporters. The one thing that surprised me though, th- this guy's like 77 years old. And my first thought, and I know I apologize to everybody out there to the older community, and I know that that you have both ends of the spectrum, right? I know people in their seventies that can do a hundred push-ups, and I know people in their seventies that aren't getting around very good these days. But and as far as Ron Logan appears in the interviews with these reporters, he's walking up and down steep hills with them. Right. He seems to have no problem. He seems to be in good physical condition for his age. So my immediate thought was a seventy-seven-year-old man. No, not likely. But then when you see him easily. Mm-hmm. maneuvering these these hills and, and such, then you think, well, okay. And then it's been pointed out, well, in some of these interviews, he's wearing a similar getup to the guy, to the bridge guy. Yeah, but everybody in that area has similar getups. But the other thing that's interesting that the coach pointed out, which I never even thought of before, is that the picture of the guy on the bridge has a demeanor, as you know, like hunched over, rolled shoulders, mm-hmm. possibly, you know, you got to look at the ground anyways, because and now some people would say, well, that's a, a sign of maybe he was intoxicated, that this individual was intoxicated. You have to look down at that bridge because if you don't, you're going to fall off. The Did you bridge. see rails on that bridge? No. no, you're looking down as you're walking on that bridge. Nobody wants to be the one guy that every so many years trips off the edge of the bridge. Right. And the thing too, is your foot could go within some of the planks and stuff like that. So, but the coach said he, the guy in the picture kind of looks maybe intoxicated. I didn't really notice it before, um, but but looking at it now, I can see that. So that would be another uh, point against Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing too, yeah, but, but not to get too far away from the outfit because I think you just quickly dismissed it. When you say everybody out there has that same kind of outfit, what you mean by that is you and I watched other interviews with other residents, and they seem to have. They all have the same outfit. And they let's talk a hoodie. With let's a talk about on. the outfit. It's not like a crazy outfit that you wouldn't be used to seeing. The guy's wearing what appears <laughs> yeah. to be blue jeans. Yeah, everybody not, wears blue jeans, and he's uh, wearing like a like a blue type coat or jacket. To me, the with it doesn't appear to have any type of logo on it that I could see, mm-hmm. but to me it looked like something I would be used to seeing like utility workers wear, or maybe even possible um, construction guys would wear in the colder months. Right. It's, not it's not an like, uncommon jacket mm-hmm. or coat. Yeah, it's not like the 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 suspects walking around with a romper on. Mm-hmm. And you know. personally, I didn't think that Ron Logan sounded anything like the the short... Now, mind you, we only heard three or four words. Three words. Three words. Down the hill. He didn't sound anything to me like that audio. That no. was just my ears. Because uh, uh, Logan has kind of a sh, a sh when he talks. Right. Uh, uh, what's that guy from... Uh, is it Family Guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that... Senator Grandpa, let's talk just like... I know what you're I, talking I about. I can't do it. Um... But yeah, he kind of has this uh, whistle to him. 
The other thing too, Captain, is that it, you know, if if the guy that I watched on CNN, you know, this expert, quote unquote expert, who said that he believed that the person was somewhere between 40 and 50 years old. You know, I said that law enforcement, it appeared that they were going with that as their mm-hmm. kind of age range from what they saw. And mind you, they've seen more than I have. Right. I, I said yesterday, I felt the guy was slightly older, but I don't see a 77 year old man. I feel like I'm looking at a 45 to 55 year old guy. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, so another point against Logan is like I said, if you look at the Snapchat picture, Looking down the, now I said, it looks like possibly there's a vehicle and two people in front of it. Now, look, I did a little more research and I understand fully that those are not people in the picture. There's actually, um, these posts that are set up, the red post. And it's basically so people can't drive an ATV or any kind of vehicle onto the bridge. Right. So that's what you're seeing in front. But what I see behind those posts to me is a white truck. Okay. So now let's get into this a little bit because Ron Logan was not supposed to be driving. Correct. So he gets arrested for this. They also do a raid and they actually do a search on his property. Now, the interesting thing here is I believe that it looks like a white truck, possibly a white truck that has a utility back on it. So interesting thing about Logan is uh, he had a car when they did the search um, on his property he had a car that was impounded or a truck that was impounded, which is white and has a utility back on it. Mm. So I I find that kind of interesting. I also find it interesting that he's being charged with about four years. Now he'll probably only serve two, but seems like a very high sentence for a DUI. It does. I I've heard from several people that, that this was not his first DUI. Um, I want to go on record stating that's just what I've heard. Uh, I've not mm-hmm. reviewed any police records for Ron Logan, but I've heard that they're being extra uh, strict about the, his probation violations for a couple of reasons. One, it wasn't his first driving offense. And two, we have a situation here where he wasn't fully honest with with the police and with the sheriff's department right now a lot of people will say that you know what he was charged with that and he was being held for so long because he is actually a suspect in these murders um just to be clear here he wasn't supposed to be driving he was not supposed to be drinking those were that was part of his probation Mm -hmm. um what we do learn is not only was he potentially buying these tropical fish somewhere. But then we learn later that he went to the city dump. Now, immediately that puts up some red flags because people were like, well, he's probably getting rid of evidence. Right. From what I've been hearing, he went to the city dump hours before they went missing. So Mm -hmm. there was no evidence to discard at that time. And furthermore, where I think that he's getting this uh, probation violation conviction from is that I have heard that there is surveillance footage of him at a restaurant, and I believe it might be a Pizza King. Um, If you haven't had Pizza King, ooh, delicious. Well, and I should throw out there, too, I think, you know, one of the local Pizza Kings, I don't know if this was the one that Ron was at, but one of them was part of donating (laughs) money towards the reward money in this investigation. It's a town of 3,000. How many Pizza Kings do you need? Well, it doesn't have to be specifically from that town. People donated money from all over the United Mm -hmm. States. The thing here is, though, if this rumor is true, 
And I feel my gut tells me that it is that they got surveillance footage of basically what is an old man sitting, drinking beers for quite some time during the course of that day. There's a chance that he might not have been home anytime from about 10 a.m. until after 530 that evening. Right. Um, Which would make if you're looking for a single person and you think that there's only one person involved that would mean Ron Logan has to come off of your list. Right. Uh, I, I, there's a bunch of other stuff. I mean, he talks about his son and people want to know it was his son involved. Is Ron covering up for his son? Uh, we could spend a whole hour on this Logan character. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to is when they did arrest him, the sheriffs come out and say, Hey, don't, don't read into this too much. And I, and I think sometimes they're just doing that to throw people off their trail or whatever, but they're like, don't read into this too much. Uh, you know, he is not a suspect. That's what they say. Right. Right. And so, and we were saying, well, why would you say that? You know, because if he was a suspect, then who cares? Right. Mm -hmm. You just tell the public. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, well we got him on this charge, but he's a suspect in these murders. But we think that he possibly they they're possibly saying that because when he is in jail, that they need to say that so the inmates don't think that this guy is uh, a child know, killer. Is a child killer, right? Yeah, and you, I mean, he, I believe he pled guilty to those charges, and that could have been a part of his plea agreement with them. Um, the thing here is though, you brought up his son. Now we don't know anything about Ron Logan's son at all, so uh, of course, uh, not a suspect, but. The thing here is, I you know, if you just do the quick math in your head, a seventy-seven-year-old man would is very likely he has a son that fits the age range of the bridge guy. Yeah, and so again, what's his motive? I mean, we got a seventy-seven-year-old man that has no priors as far as you know, sexual assaults or rape or or anything. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. This is not a first-time offender. This is not somebody's you know first time murdering anybody. So that's kind of weird to me. The other people say, well, the motive is that he was tired of these teenagers coming onto his property. Again, when he's given these interviews, he's time and time again says, this is a nice trail to walk on. This is nice for people, people to be on. Again, you could just be lying. Um, I don't get, um, a bad vibe from him when he's talking. I don't have this vibe of this guy is a horrible, you know, douche canoe or anything but i think but that that's not to say that this guy is not some mean angry drunk either mm-hmm. um well let's let's explore that for a second because if this were the trial of ron logan okay and we had to put forth character witnesses one would suspect that you could put forward that, oh, he lied about his whereabouts right. to police. Establishing so that, an alibi. That, that suggests that he has bad character. He lied to the police. He didn't come forward and say, I was at a bar and drinking that day. And yes, I drove my car, even though I wasn't supposed to. He didn't come forward and say that. So that puts him in bad character. If we want to present a character witness on the opposite end, well, his ex-wife did uh, who does not like Ron at all. And to put it very politely, she obviously has a very low opinion of Ron, but it sounds like I'm building a case against him. 
the thing here is though, she has stated time and time again, I've known this man for a very long time. I don't feel he has anything to do with this. This guy does is not capable of such a, a horrible act. Yeah, and on top of on top of all that stuff too. If, if there was DNA evidence left behind, I believe this was sexually motivated crime. If it was a sexually motivated crime, we probably have DNA. If they thought this is as simple of an A to B answer, if law enforcement thought that, and not just law enforcement, I understand that it's a very small town, but you have to remember that the FBI was involved. And when the FBI gets involved, and then they start putting up uh, billboards all over the, the states, you know, 48 states or something like that, the, the FBI is no dummies. Mm-hmm. If they thought that uh, Logan was their guy, then it, it would have been uh, shut already. Mm-hmm. He would already be uh, spending the rest of his life in jail. So uh, I don't believe that. That brings us to the, the, the other big question here or the other big theory that's been talked about a lot. Is this, is this person even local? And I'm just going to start off by saying the interview with the local man and the sheriff to me is very telling of a lot of things. But you have two individuals that say, I, I've thought that we'd get a bite on something, that we'd get some good information once the picture was released. And once the picture was re- released, the man giving the interview and the sheriff both stated, we'd, we'd never seen this guy before. Right. So uh, to me, that's leaning to the idea that this is an out-of-town out of killer. And for those of, of you that live in very big cities, um, it might not be able to fully grasp this, this thought, you know, this guy, the sheriff in in Carroll County, um, you know, 3000 people, however many, it's a small populated area. He knows or knows about just about everybody. You know, here's Mm -hmm. the thing. Usually when, when a crime is committed in a smaller town, it's, it's actually easier to solve in some manners, okay? But sometimes they don't have the technology that the big cities would have that, that help the big city police. Right. But what they do have is if somebody broke into a home, killed somebody, and then left, well, the sheriff, he knows, you know what? I know these four or five guys that they're always breaking into homes. I'm going to go talk to them first. That's where I'm getting at with this. And I think the mm. captain's hit on something here. Uh, it's weird to me. Is the guy local or or not local? It's mm-hmm. weird to me because you would think that somebody would have to have a certain amount of knowledge about the area. Um, however, I think that somebody could achieve this one of two ways and not be a local person. Maybe they grew up there and they've moved away in their adult life and returned for some reason or returned for the sole purpose of committing a horrible crime like this. Or two, could this person have arrived in town several days before and scouted out the area and kind of formed a, a, a general plan of what he wanted to do. Yeah, possibly, but it would be hard for them to know that there was parent teacher conferences on a Monday and that school would be left out, let out halfway through the day. Right. And that brings us to the good question of, was this a planned attack or was it a crime of opportunity? Well, and let's talk about something. We haven't really brought this up and I'm just going to, it's been called the meat packing place. It's been called a bunch of different things. I'm just going to call it the packing place. Not far from this location. There is a packing place. Now, the interesting thing here is that you have trucks coming in and out of this. So you have your core set of workers, you have your truck drivers coming in and out. And they do hire sexual sexual offenders. 
Now, that doesn't mean a lot because I think you would know the people that are in the area or if they worked out of town, I'm sure that they were, you know, looked into at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what is really interesting is the rumor is that this place was raided by the IRS. Now, I think that was probably a cover up and the FBI was probably involved somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they did that in order to get records of other trucking companies that they worked with. And again, I think that's this makes sense. It makes sense as far as the investigation goes. It makes tons of sense. And a couple things. Then I still think this crime was uh, sexually motivated. I think it was opportunity. And I think that it was somebody from out of town. Hence the 40, uh, you know, states having billboards everywhere. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It, it, you know, having the billboards in multiple states, that's not a cheap thing to do. Um, it's great that they did it, and I applaud them for that. Uh, the thing here is, though, for me, the local or not local thing, I have to factor in whether I think that this is a planned attack or not. Um you know, and we have a situation where there was a inter- an interview conducted by the FBI. Now, this was an interview with a man who owned property on the south side of the creek. Mm-hmm. Um, he was asked about his guns, his vehicles, and whether or not they had any outbuildings. Now, this could just be a matter of general questioning that they're applying to everybody, or right. it could mean that they believe that, A, a gun was involved in this crime, a vehicle was involved, and an outbuilding was involved. And if that's the case to me, a gun, a vehicle, and an outbuilding all point to some kind of planned attack. It doesn't doesn't look to me as if somebody just happened to see somebody and go, all right, I'm going to snatch them. And you you mentioned the thing with the kids being out of school. Well, there's a couple things that makes me wonder about that. There is a possibility that if somebody was watching the area for days, it could be a planned attack, meaning that they were waiting and could have been waiting for days to appear to to view what they saw was the perfect victim. Or we have a situation that makes you wonder if if Monday was a school day, then it was a work day. These were regular working hours. Who would have the means of not being accounted for? for a certain period of time on that Monday. And there's also some rumor and and speculation that this is linked to a Iowa case. Yeah. And I'll read this very short article from whotv.com. In Iowa authorities may have a new lead in an Iowa cold case. Uh This is because of the double murder investigation in Indiana. 10 year old Elizabeth Collins and eight year old Lyric Cook were kidnapped in July of 2012. Mm. They're cousins. Uh, Their bodies were located about six months later in a wooded area, about 25 miles from where they were taken. Now, the thing here is the girls were righted. They were last spotted riding their bikes near Myers Lake in Evansdale. Um, No one has been charged in connection with their murders. Um, Their disappearance has some similarities to this recent uh, kidnapping and murders of the two girls in Indiana. Well, the, we don't know if it's a kidnapping. The Iowa, well, technically it is. Technically it is. Uh, the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation has been in contact with their counterparts in Indiana about the case. Uh, so far, now this is this is an article that came out shortly after the Indiana investigation. So when I say so far, this is from a month or so ago. 
They're stating so far they've shared notes about the two murder cases, but haven't determined if there is a connection. Um, it's interesting though, uh, because you know, abducting two people, a double murder of, of children is not very common. Um, and we see this where in both cases, on top of that, I believe both in both cases, the girls disappeared on the 13th of a month of the month. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, us armchair detectives, we like to look at little minute details like that and say that there's some reasoning for that. And, and most law enforcement investigators will tell you, usually people don't mm-hmm. think of things like that when they're committing these crimes. Um, but it is strange that they both disappeared on, on the 13th of a month. Neither case do we have anybody charged or, or any major suspects in either. And there, you know, this case is like we said from the beginning, so hard to cover because of the lack of the information out there, which on one side, I applaud the police one side. Uh, and I applaud the community because we're not just talking about law enforcement that, you know, found the bodies. So there's probably going to be more leaks that come out, you know, in the future with this. But I, I, I would, I want to make a little bit of a plea to the police to understand that there are a lot of um, smart minds out there that might not be involved directly with law enforcement. And I do feel like if there was some bits of evidence that, you know, could be released without damaging your case that you might get a lot of more help from the public. Yeah. And the thing here is captain to me, I really think it's interesting the way that they went about this investigation in the early stages. I think it was very smart of them to release the picture of the man and not state that he's a suspect. Uh, because as you and I were talking about earlier, you know, this guy, they could release this picture of this guy and he not maybe not know where the picture came from. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't know that the picture was taken from Libby's phone or the audio taken. At this point, the audio was not released. Right. And maybe he thinks, well, if we can get this guy to think, well, somebody else saw you there on that trail. Somebody else saw you on that bridge near the time that the girls disappeared. Right. Well, that might that might coerce him into coming forward and trying to just clear his name. And then, boom, you know who your guy is. So I applaud them for sitting on that for, for some time. I think that was very smart. I also appreciate that they've come out and named him as a suspect and release the audio. I think that there's a tip out there that they still need that they've not received yet. I don't know that they need to be telling us more than what they have. And, 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 and my biggest fear is the reason why they're keeping so much quiet is that there might not be DNA. Right. Um, because they'll need certain things in the confession to, to help with this conviction. Um, but the, the other thing here is, well, and, and as far as confessions go, as true because we see it time and time again if you release too much information to the public then you get you get some nut jobs coming in going i i did it yeah and it's like uh the only information you're giving us is the information that we gave the public what i would like to see and if anybody has come across this or could find it please email it to us or put it actually more importantly, put it on our blog on, on truecrimegarage.com So everybody can see it because I noticed that during the course of this investigation, it said that the Indiana state police was working with the FBI to put together a profile of the killer. Right. But I've not been able to find that actual profile. Now, sometimes they release these things and sometimes they do not. 
when I go searching for it, all I find is articles talking about how they're going to be working on this profile. Mm -hmm. The thing here is I think this profile could be paramount to this case. I think that it could help solve this case. And I'll tell you why. I think that this horrible person that, that did this horrible act. Piece of shit. He, he's somebody's father. He's somebody's husband. He's somebody's uncle. You know, somebody is related to this guy. Somebody knows this guy. Somebody suspects him. The right. problem is, the problem is sometimes when somebody that you love is a, is a real life monster, you don't want to believe it. And maybe you don't ever see that side of that person. And the thing here is maybe you have your suspicions, but you're thinking to yourself, you know what? It can't be him because the experts say that the person is 40 to 50 years old. Well, this guy that I know and love is 51 years old. So it can't be him. I'm not going to report him. It looks right, like right. him. It sounds like him. He had some weird scratch marks on his body, but it can't be him because they're off on the age. Or he doesn't own clothing that looks like that. So it can't be him. Right. No, no. We, I would like to see this profile because I think that if we have some officials telling us, you know what, here's a box. You, you should think outside of the box on occasion, but here's kind of a box of some parameters that we think might encompass who we think this killer is. It might get the right person to pick up that phone or to email the proper tip to the authorities. Right. So you, you got kind of two, you know, um, roads of thought. One, they're really close, so they don't want to give away information. Or one, they're super far away. Mm -hmm. And that's what's scary because these uh, these girls deserve a lot. They deserve they didn't deserve this, and they, they deserve uh, answers, and their family deserves that as well. I would just like to, again, think, think about this. Amy Mihalovic, right? Mm-hmm they released new evidence that they found at the crime scene. How many years later? 20 years later? Yeah. Close to 20 years later. You know, and, and for people that don't know the story, the girl goes missing, then she's found. And um, in that area that she's found, there was these curtains. And maybe she was wrapped up in the curtains and maybe she wasn't. But they're custom made. Mm -hmm. Now, if you would have released that information 20 years ago, you might ha have had a chance. But the person that made those could be passed away, could not live in the area anymore. So if this thing gets cold, you're going to have to release some stuff, to, in my opinion, mm -hmm. to get the community behind it. And I'm glad that we're covering this case, even though it was very difficult as far as and finding that um, a bunch of information because we'd rather give you information than speculation. Yeah. There, th I want to go through one more rumor here because while we're talking about potential suspects and who we could be looking for, um, it's been rumored that, and I won't go into all the reasons why, but one specific reason that I think needs to be addressed. It's been rumored that Libby fought very, very hard that, that she, fought back and and may have put up a hell of a fight against this guy to the point where I've heard a rumor that her nails were shredded. Her fingernails were shredded. If that's the case, that means she inflicted some serious damage on this guy, and I hope that she did. I hope that those scratch marks were many, and they were deep, and they were very painful. 
Thing is, somebody could have seen those on this person for days afterwards and have suspicions. You know, we talk about things like a guy wearing blue jeans or a jacket or a hoodie or maybe a camouflage hunting cap. Those things, those are just clothing that that he may have been wearing to disguise himself. But I want to throw this out there too. If this is somebody that you know, you don't really know this person. If this person was in fact carrying a deer kit with him, like we, we said we suspect maybe yesterday, if he was carrying a deer kit with him, I mean, you cannot put into words how despicable and evil this person is. You don't really know them. Now, there's some things that the FBI wants to remind us about. Wait, what does the deer kit have to do with being evil? You don't have to use your imagination too long to think about what could have been in that deer kit and what could it could have been used for. Okay. Uh, the, the first, the thing here I want to talk about is what the FBI is trying to remind us about, about this person. You know, we no longer does it just have to be somebody that looks like the person in the picture or sounds like the guy in the picture because he could have been trying to disguise himself. Sounds like the guy in the clip. Yeah. So the thing here is they're reminding us, you know, do you know anybody that has changed their appearance since the 13th? You know, maybe uh, drastically, you know, February 13th. Yeah. yeah, The uh, haircut shaved, changed the way that they're dressing. Do you know somebody that has started abusing drugs or alcohol since that date? Somebody that has become anxious or irritable uh, that that may not have possessed those type of emotions or or characteristics before. Mm -hmm. Someone that canceled an appointment or a social engagement on February 13th for unexplained reasons. Or 14th. Yeah. Somebody that has obsessed over the case or constantly talks about where they were on February 13th. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are some things that they're reminding us to think about when we look at that picture, to think about when we hear that audio clip and think about before you make that phone call or place that email. Yeah, and also think about the fact that this is a 13 and 14-year-old girl, you know, 13... uh, and think about the fact that it was a 13 and 14 year old. Think about the fact that it's a 13 and 14 year old girl and how much they had to give to this world that was taken away. And uh, this person that you might be suspicious of is a horrible monster. Hmm. And you could, you could do, you could um, right a wrong in this world. Yeah, and the other thing that I want to make sure that we mention before we close up here today is that Libby and Abby, I think, in my opinion, very brave and heroic young girls to be in a situation as terrifying as as this and have the bravery to record something on your phone to, to, to potentially put yourself into further danger to try to collect evidence against this, this evil monster. The thing here is we don't know if this guy has killed before. We don't know if he will kill again. If he's capable of what took place on February 13th, this it's unimaginable what this monster is capable of. And so I just think that, you know, we should take a moment to recognize the bravery of those two young girls. And, and I think they're heroes in my mind and should be in the, in the community as well. There, as a reminder, the tip line is is still going on. That phone number is 844-459-5786. You can also email tips to Abby and Libby tip at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F dot com. 
Again, that phone number and the email will be in the show notes. Um, so if you have any information, please submit your tips today. So recommended reading this week, we're recommending California's Lansom murder mystery by Tom Zaniello. Now this is a book that takes place on Memorial day, 1933, when David Lansom finds his wife dead in their Palo Alto home. Well, he becomes the only suspect and this is one of California's most sensational trials. Mm-hmm. After the judge sentenced David to hang in San Quentin, a group of Stanford colleagues formed the Lansom Defense Committee, and they were able to get several more retrials. So check out this book so you can figure out, did Lansom truly kill his wife or was an innocent man put on trial for murder? Check out California's Lansom Murder Mystery And you can do that by going to truecrimegarage.com and click on the recommended page. For everything True Crime Garage, whether it be the new pint glasses or the shirts, go to truecrimegarage.com. Thanks for joining us in the garage this week. Thanks for subscribing and telling a friend. And and we'll have a big, exciting announcement, a little bonus thing for you, uh, hopefully by the end of the week. All right. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best – 